From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. What's good, everybody? This is Mike De Niro from the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast from the Lords of Gotham. And now we are going to be embarking on a new journey. This is the Couples Crime Therapy. And by we, I'm not just talking about me. I am joined here by my lovely fiance. Take it away. Hi, everyone. My name is Angela. Welcome to the podcast world, Angela. Thank you. So, yes, we are a couple, but we are now also co-hosts on the Couples Crime Therapy Podcast. So why don't you tell them what we'll be talking about on this podcast? Well, we're going to be talking about a lot of different things. Like, the main thing is true crimes and even unsolved mysteries. But that's not it. We're not talking about just true crimes and unsolved mysteries. We're going to dive deep into cults. We're going to dive deep into... Serial killers. We're going to get real morbid on this podcast. We're going to get real crazy on this podcast. Are we not? Okay, well, I don't know what that voice was, but why don't you tell them what we're talking about on our debut podcast next week? Well, on our debut next week, we're going to start things out with the notorious Andre Rand, the Cropsy episode. Cropsy. We are from, where are we from? (laughs) We're from Staten Island. And guess what? So was Andre Raymond. And the thing is, that was randomly chosen from a list of crazy-ass stories that we have in the bank for us. So where can they find this podcast, and when can they find this podcast? You can catch this podcast every Monday, wherever you like to enjoy your podcast. Podcasts like the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. Oh, here we go with the cheap plugs now. Hey, 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 let me be. All right, all right, all right. But I hope everyone tunes in next Monday to Couples Crime Therapy. We're going to have a good time, are we not? Definitely. So check us out next week. Peace out. And we'll see you next Monday. Welcome to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I'm your host, Mike De Niro. Before we get into the show, I want to thank all our fans from all over the world. Thank you for following along on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Thank you for hitting that download button. I'm talking about everywhere from Mexico to Philippines to Australia, Taiwan, India, Canada, the United States, of course. We got a global fan base, and without you guys, there is no us. So thank you so much for following along and riding with the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Wrestling Pod, and make sure you follow us on TikTok at Wrestling Pod. 
we have quite the show for everybody today. We're coming off of what was a pretty good Monday Night Raw episode, one of the last episodes in the Thunderdome. We are also going to be going back in time and discussing two more episodes of NWA TNA The Asylum Years, as well as we are going to go deep into the current landscape of the WWE roster, being that there's been so much movement and so many firings and rehirings and releases and all that craziness that's going on. We're going to dive deep into the current WWE roster and we're going to think who is going to be the guys to step up, who is going to be the guys to stay, and who will be probably the next on the chopping block. So let's get into the Super Stack show right now. So without further ado, this is the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. We get into this episode. If you hear a hum noise, that is my microphone. We are in the mix of getting new production equipment. And right now I'm using my backup mic. So if you hear a hum or are annoyed by the background noise... I promise it's only for one episode. So, we are going to talk about Monday Night Raw from last night. One of, or if not, probably the last episode from the Thunderdome. We are on the road to Money in the Bank. Last night had a phenomenal, no pun intended, main event between AJ Styles, Matt Riddle, and Drew McIntyre. The winner got a shot to be in the Money in the Bank ladder match. And in the end, after a phenomenal matchup, Drew McIntyre is now qualified for Money in the Bank. And I think that is extremely missed of an opportunity because, one, Drew McIntyre, you know, as long as Bobby Lashley is champion, even if Drew McIntyre wins Money in the Bank, he can't really cash in because he can't wrestle for that belt. Two, the whole night was built behind Mac and, well behind Matt Riddle and taking Randy Orton's spot in this uh in this gauntlet match and in this triple threat match. So he takes Randy Orton's spot. He wins the battle royal, goes on to a triple threat match with AJ Styles and Drew McIntyre. Star making performance for Matt Riddle in this triple threat match with AJ and Mac. And he comes up on the losing end. I I don't know where they're going with this. But this was setting up a Matt Riddle star making performance. If you have Matt Riddle get injured halfway through the match. And still make it back out in the end. Just to get hit with the Claymore kick. I think it's a real missed opportunity. I think Matt Riddle could have been a. You know won this matchup. He already beat McIntyre. It doesn't look like they really have so much behind AJ Styles anymore. So, he could have pinned AJ Styles. If you didn't want him to pin McIntyre twice. But, be that as it may. Still an excellent matchup. I just think that the wrong guy went over. And I think that Matt Riddle definitely was on the verge of becoming a next level star here. Just by the star making performance in this matchup. And I think that they kind of squandered that. Squandered that. Squandered? 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 I I, I don't know the word. I'm going to stop using words I don't know. Also, we had one of the highlights coming out of this also was a match between Ricochet and John Morrison. 
These guys have a lot of history. If you date it back to the Indies and Lucha Underground, Prince Puma and Johnny Mundo. <laughs> I miss those days. Really good match between these two. Crazy, crazy ass spot where Ricochet died. Well, John Morrison sitting on the uh, barricade and Ricochet dies from the ring all the way to the top of the barricade to the crowd area. Absolute insane spot there. Really good, um, really good match here. We got more between Alexa Bliss and Nia Jax, and I, uh, I don't know. I I really am not digging superhero Nikki Cross and psycho possessed from a doll Alexa Bliss. And where the hell is Bray Wyatt? Anyway, this Monday Night Raw. Was good, but I think that these Raws would be even better in front of a crowd. So I can't wait until they're out of the Thunderdome and back in front of the crowd. Because a match like the main event last night, that match definitely, definitely should have been in front of a crowd. We also seen a mean streak from Kofi Kingston. Kofi Kingston takes out MVP yesterday. It is announced that next week it will be Xavier Woods versus Bobby Lashley Part 2. Which should be really good. Their matchup from last week was really good. So yeah, I mean Monday Night Raw was Monday Night Raw. I I, I gave it a uh, I give it a good three out of five stars. It was it was enjoyable. I enjoyed it. Tonight NXT we're going to have the I guess quote unquote go home show before next week's Great American Bash special where Adam Cole will be facing Kyle O'Reilly in an unsanctioned hardcore street fight. That should be a phenomenal matchup. I am excited to see where NXT goes, but the story making the rounds around NXT is how the top champions are being featured on WWE's main events. So does this mean that soon we'll see Bronson Reed, soon we'll see Karrion Cross, Skyler, Skyler, Scarlett Bardot, and uh, Shotzi Blackheart on the main roster? I mean, WWE has to kind of replenish their main roster after all the cuts that they made, right? But also, WWE also made a lot of cuts to NXT and 205 Live, so don't they need to keep the stars down there? I guess it's going to be interesting to see what happens next, but I don't see uh, Karrion Cross or Bronson Reed retaining their titles after their next title defense, whoever that may be against. It may be next Tuesday, it may be at the next TakeOver, but in the end... These guys are being groomed for the main roster, so we shall see if these guys will be sticking around in NXT and who will be stepping up to bat in NXT, being that that's a lot of talent leaving, a lot of star talent leaving. So we shall see what happens there. The WWE roster right now is in a big influx going into the return of the crowds. There was a lot of a lot of releases, and later on in this episode, we will talk about who we think is probably next on the chopping block for the WWE roster, and who is going to be the guys to stick around and step up to the plate. But when we come back, we're going to be going back in time. We're going to be jumping into the Wrestling DeLorean podcast, and we're going to strap in our seatbelts because we're going to be going to August 2002, NWATNA Episode 9 from the Asylum from August 14th, and we will also be talking about Episode 10, TNA from the Asylum, August 21st episode. So let's get into that when we get back. Stay tuned, everybody. Oh, 
Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of TNA, the Asylum Years, where we go back in time to the inception of TNA and talk all about everything that goes down in chronological order. We are now at the ninth episode of NWA TNA from August 14th, and we're going to get into this Super Stack show. We're also going to be talking about the week after, so let's get into it. There's a lot to talk about. NWA TNA, August 14th, episode 9, starts out with the recap of Ronda Truth Killings winning the NWA champion, the very first African-American NWA champion in the history of that title that goes back eight decades. Truth becomes the champion last week after he defeats Ken Shamrock in the main event. He comes out here. He says that this is our house. Well, this is not our house. This is his house, and he deems it the TNA Asylum Officially calling it the Asylum for the first time, and TNA is going to run with this and call it the Asylum. So, I, I, to be honest, I didn't know Ron the Truth Killings came up with that. He says that the skin color, his skin color held him back for years. He said that he was told in the WWE that he is a black man in a white man's world, so he will never be champion. I don't know if that's true or not, but if that's true, that is quite the accusation there, Truth. Huge, huge accusation there from the WWE. But anyway, Jeff Jarrett interrupts. Truth tells Jeff Jarrett he won't. He wants to get it on, and they get it on. They get into a big brawl. Bill Barron comes out with a cowboy hat, looking like a fucking clown. He says that there's a new sheriff in town, and then before he could even say anything, Brian Lawler attacks Jeff Jarrett, and there's a big pull apart between them. So I don't know what the story is with them. That was I don't know Brian Lawler going after Jarrett there. First match of the night, we got a six-man tag match between the SAT and Amazing Red versus the debut of Kid Cash, Shark Boy, and Slim J, who's a Slim Shady wannabe, 
Eminem and wrestling don't really mix here too much. If Slim J is the best Eminem impersonator for pro wrestling, then, you know, I could do a little without the Slim J. You know what I mean? Fuck Slim J. Uh, not, not, the guy was whack. You know what I mean? Let's just say the guy was a fucking corny... Uh, Slim J here's a corny-ass poser. But anyway... Crazy ass match though. A lot of high risk moves. SAT wins a really fun matchup. Uh, Kid Cash looks great. Cool to see Shark Boy here. Next we got Miss TNA Bruce. You heard that right? He's berating the women of the crowd uh, in the crowd. He challenges any woman from the crowd to step up, and some lady who came into the ring she started beating his ass. Whatever. It's a lot of fuckery on this show. The show. Alright, I'm going to tell you this right now. The reason why I did two episodes again this week was a little different than last week. Last week I did two episodes because I thought the show was so good I couldn't wait to go on to the next one. But this show was so ass that I had to I had to see if there was a better episode to come or this whole fucking segment was getting canceled because this show was ass, right? But it does seem, I don't know too much about it, but it does seem like there was a little bit of a directional change in TNA from this episode to the next episode. This is the last episode where Ed Ferrara is on the commentary. This is also the last episode where we see a lot of this stupid tomfoolery between the Dups and the Midgets and Bruce and a lot of wasting time because the next episode, good God, was it great. But anyway, we're not there yet. We're still talking about the bullshit, right? So we got the Dup Cup. Lots of fucking wasting time here. Lots of bullshit. T.O. versus Bo Dup. T.O. the midget wins against Bo Dup. Who gives a Bo fuck? We got a recap of Monty Brown and Neelix Skipper's beef, which leads to Monty Brown versus Elix Skipper in a destroy in a destroy in a Detroit street fight. I can't talk today. God damn it! In the Detroit street fight. And this match was okay, but it only went like three minutes when Monty Brown defeated Elix Skipper. I wanted to see more of a competitive matchup there. We next get the Flying Elvises. They're cutting a promo. Sonny Siaki cuts him off. He says that he's bigger than the Flying Elvises. It is now a, a elimination four-way match where all three of the Flying Elvises will be facing low-key for the X-Division title next. This was a pretty good matchup. It came down to Loki versus Sonny Siaki, and Loki retains. He's still your X Division champion. Jerry Lynn, he's interviewed in his car. He's shown attacking AJ Styles afterwards. Next, we got Jive talking with Disco Inferno, where he brings out the unknown Baldwin brother, Dean Baldwin. This is just a complete waste of a show. If I was paying weekly pay per views and I bought this show, I would want my money back. This show is ass crack and more. This show is dumpster juice. This show is bullshit. And to be honest, I am glad that the direction of this show changes by the next week because I couldn't sit through too much of this shit. Main event time, though. We got Jeff Jarrett and Ronda Truth Killing versus Jerry Lynn and AJ Styles. This was a pretty good matchup. It ends when AJ Styles and Jeff Jarrett both go for the pin and both get the covers for their team. So, therefore, nobody wins, which made no sense to me. And then you got Billet Bob Armstrong coming out and vacating the tag team champions because nobody won this matchup. So, when was the last time a tag team 
match where the tag team champions of wrestling go into a no contest, so therefore they're stripped of the titles. I don't know. I don't know. I'd rather listen to I'd rather listen to the buzz of the background noise due to this fucked up microphone than to watch this episode ever again. But this the stage is set for next week. We're going to have a big show next week. Bully Bob Armstrong announces that we're going to get a best of three series between AJ Styles and Jerry Lynn throughout the night next week, where the first match will be a false count anywhere match, the second match will be a no DQ match, and the third match will be a 10-minute Iron Man match. It is also announced that Truth defends his world title next week against Monty Brown. And there is a special surprise against Jeff Jarrett next week. Alright, this show is a dud. This show, in my opinion, got a .5 stars out of 5. The main event saved it. And there was maybe two matches that I liked on this match on this show. But this shit was ass. Let's go on to the next episode before I fucking want to just cancel this whole shit. But before we go into the next episode here of NWA TNA, I want everyone to go check out Couples Crime Therapy, where we go back in time and we talk about unsolved mysteries, true crime stories, serial killers, cults, and all that crazy shit. We dropped the trailer episode yesterday, wherever you listen to your podcast. And we will be talking about Andre Rand and the Notorious Cropsy, our first episode starting next Monday. Make sure you check out Couples Crime Therapy. Let's get into NWA TNA from August 21st, 2002. This is episode 10. We start out with the Falls Count Anywhere brawl between AJ Styles and Jerry Lynn. This was insane. They went all over the arena. Some crazy-ass spots where AJ's thrown off the balcony. Jerry Lynn's thrown into the rafters. Just craziness. But in the end, Jerry Lynn picks up the victory for the first fall. He is now in the lead, 1-0. to And the next fall will be later on tonight. And if it goes to a third fall, remember, we have a 10-minute Iron Man matchup. Next, we got a promo from AMW, who are back on the show. Thank God. And they are interrupted by Ron Harris and Brian Lee, the former Disciples of Apocalypse. And we get a tag team matchup of the Disciples of Apocalypse versus AMW, which was a really good matchup. And AMW picked up the upset victory. This might not be an upset now, but back then when AMW just started teaming up 10 episodes ago, they go against a veteran tag team like the Disciples. Pretty big win for AMW, so that was a good match there, and that was a good victory there. We next get two, 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 a two out of three falls match, which I think doesn't make sense being that you already have a best of three series on this show. But you have a two out of three falls match between Sonny Siaki and Jerry Lynn. Not Jerry Lynn. What the f- Anyway, you got a two out of three falls match between Sonny Siaki and Jimmy Yang. And this was a really good matchup. The flying Elvises are disintegrating before our very eyes. But really good matchup. Jimmy Yang wins the first fall. Sonny Siaki. Sonny Siaki wins the second fall. Third fall, Sonny Siaki picks up the victory. Jimmy Yang falls to the Sonny one. I don't know if that's his name, but Sonny Siaki. And it was a really good matchup. After the matchup, instantly Jeff Jarrett comes out while the Elvises are still in the ring. Brian Lawler attacks Jeff Jarrett. They get into a brawl. Brian Lawler says that he's going to tell the world what Jeff Jarrett did to him. But before he could, Slash attacks Brian Lawler. And we got Brian Lawler versus Slash next. Brian Lawler picks up the quick victory with the hip-hop drop. Or now he's calling it the Tennessee drop or some bullshit. Anyway, 
Jeff Jarrett is backstage arguing with Bullet Bob Armstrong, and he says tonight it will be Jeff Jarrett versus Bullet Bob. The legendary Bullet Bob Armstrong versus Jeff Jarrett tonight. Very interesting. We next get another Fatal 4-Way Elimination X Division title match for Loki as he goes against The Amazing Red and SAT, Jose and Joel Maximo. This was a really good, amazing matchup. This was phenomenal. One of the best matches of the night. In the end, though, Loki picks up the victory when he defeats Amazing Red last with a key crush in 99 from the top rope, which was freaking insane. Loki's really coming to his own here, and the crowd is really behind him, and he is still your X Division champion. We next get an NWA World Title match between Ron the Truth Killings and Monty Brown. This was a great matchup. These two really have good chemistry. Even though Monty Brown was not who he was in the later years, he was really good here in this matchup with Truth. A lot of aggression here. Jeff Jarrett, after the matchup... By the way, Ron the Truth Killings retains the title. After the matchup, Jeff Jarrett attacks the Truth making it well known that he wants to be the next NWA World Heavyweight Champion. But then he's attacked by Brian Lawler. Brian Lawler goes to swing a chair at Truth, but well, at Jeff Jarrett, but accidentally hits the Truth, so we'll see what happens there. Jeff Jarrett gets away. Next, we have AJ Styles and Jerry Lynn in their second match, no DQ match. This wasn't too much of a no DQ match, though, because there wasn't much of weapons being involved here. But AJ Styles picks up the victory, and we instantly, without any rest time, go right into fall number three. It is tied one and one. Now they have to go into a 10-minute Iron Man matchup. And there was a lot of falls in this 10 minutes because, in the end, it is all tied up three and three. There is no winner. AJ Styles and Jerry Lynn both picking up three victories during this Ironman matchup and four victories in the night. So we are tied 4-4. Four to four. No winner, no X Division title match for any of these guys next week. But then, Low-Key comes out. He shows respect to AJ Styles and Jerry Lynn and then kicks them both and says next week he wants them both in an X Division title ladder match. So next week we got a three-way ladder match for the exhibition title between AJ Styles, Jerry Lynn, and Low Key. So that should be phenomenal. To end the show off, Jeff Jerry comes out. Bullet Bob, who we think comes out. Then they start brawling. But then we see Bullet Bob on the entranceway. So who's the guy under the mask? We don't know. We go off the air. This is a much better episode of NWA TNA. I give this a three and a half out of five stars. And I see the new direction that they're going with. A lot less bullshit, a lot less comedy and waste of time. I guess people complained because that episode number nine was a big waste of money for anybody who bought it. But NWA TNA episode 10, phenomenal. Really good episode and keeps hope alive. So next week we'll be back here every Tuesday with NWA TNA The Asylum Years, and we will be talking about the next episode, episode 11, and maybe episode 12, if it is good enough next week. When we come back, as promised, I will be diving deep into the WWE roster, and I will be saying, uh, in my opinion, who I think will be on the chopping block, and who, in my opinion, will be saved. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. 
starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackmun. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme: The Battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. for Monday night. Every Monday we go back in time and discuss an episode of the Monday Night War where we talk about Raw and Nitro from that night and we go into chronological order so we don't have to just, you know, skip around. We're over here reliving the Monday Night War. It's one of the shows that people love on this podcast. So let's get into it. We're talking about March 11, 1996. We're on the road to WrestleMania 12 and we have a really good show from both Nitro and Raw one is better than the other, though, so we definitely will have a winner on this week's episodes. But let's start out with Monday Night Tro on WCW side from this March 11, 1996 episode. We start out with Hacksaw Jim Duggan versus The Giant. Brian Pillman is seen in the crowd here, but he's escorted by the cops. He's no longer working for the WCW here. The Giant picks up the victory, makes quick work of Hacksaw Jim Duggan. This was a uh. But next... Things really heat up because it is supposed to be the Nasty Boys versus the Road Warriors, but the Nasty Boys don't come out. Instead, it is the debut of the Steiner Brothers who cut a promo and say that they're here to kick the Road Warriors' ass. They've been chasing the Road Warriors all over the world, and tonight they face them two-on-two. And we get just that. We get a dream match. We get the Road Warriors versus the Steiner Brothers, and this was phenomenal. This was a great smash-mouth, hard-hitting match, great suplexes, big action in this match. I really enjoyed it. We got a really big Frankensteiner onto Road Warrior Hawk. Really excellent match. Animal hits Rick Steiner with the spike in the end to cheat, to win. So we have heel Road Warriors here to defeat the Steiner Brothers. But at the end, the Steiner Brothers are here in WCW, and that's really cool. Scotty Steiner says that they're here for the Road Warriors, and the Road Warriors are a disgrace. Next, we get announced that it will be WCW's next pay-per-view, March 24th, the uncensored 1996 pay-per-view. It is a notoriously bad pay-per-view, but we will check it out any fucking way. Anyway, we next get Alex Wright versus the new television champion, Lex Luger. Now, the story behind this is... Johnny B. Bad left the WCW for the WWF. 
So he had to drop the television title to Lex Luger, who's now a double champion because he has the tag team champions with Sting and he is now the TV champion. This is a TV title match against Alex Wright and Lex Luger picks up the victory here. Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, and the the booty man. They go against Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, and the Taskmaster in a triple strap lumberjack match where the lumberjacks are actually dressed up like lumberjacks with their flannels on. What the fuck is this? Actually, it was pretty funny because William Regal was one of the lumberjacks and when he was wearing his flannel, it, it was very reminiscent of his real man's man gimmick in the WWF, So, which is funny, but this is pretty much a nothing matchup. In the end, Team Hogan wins, blah, blah, blah. WCW goes off the air. So they had a squash match, a really good match, a okay match, and then a dumbass main event. So I'm giving this show a 2 out of 5 stars. The Steiners versus the Road Warriors definitely picked up a lot of points here for WCW because I really enjoyed that matchup. Huge Steiners mark, huge Road Warriors mark. So that's why WCW got a 2. WWF Monday Night Raw from March 11th. This was a really good show. We start off with Savio Vega versus the Ringmaster, but the Ringmaster is now being officially referred to as Stone Cold Steve Austin. And I've been waiting for this for a long time because... This is where, you know, shit starts to pick up a little bit. Mark Henry's in the crowd for this matchup. Stone Cold Steve Austin looks like he got knocked loopy during this matchup, unfortunately. He does a couple spots where he looked dizzy and missed his timing. But nonetheless, a great match. In the end, it was a double countout. I think they called an audible due to Stone Cold probably getting knocked out during the match. But they announced that there will be a rematch between Austin and Savio Vega at WrestleMania 12. Roddy Piper is scheduled to come out, but Goldust then comes out. Piper comes out after Goldust. Piper calls Goldust a fruitcake and a transvestite. He says that he's making a mockery of the IC title. Goldust is on his knees talking all sexual to him. They're going to have a backlot brawl, a very legendary backlot brawl at WrestleMania this year. This this stuff would not, you know, age well. It would not pass today where Roddy Piper is making a lot of uh, jokes. Not jokes, but calling uh, Goldust a transvestite. He says that, you know, your your sexuality doesn't deserve to be on TV and you shouldn't be the champion. In the end, though, we got a brawl here and we will have the legendary backlot back brawl at WrestleMania between Goldust and Roddy Roddy Piper. We got the Godwins with Hillbilly Jim versus Jobbers, whatever. Then we get a special look into the training of HBK, Shawn Michaels, and Bret Hart. Bret Hart is seen back in Calgary training with his father in the dungeon. He's seen running in the snow. Shawn Michaels is back in San Antonio with his original trainer, Jose Lothario. He is training with Jose again, and it is going down. I'm excited for it. Triple H versus the Jobber. He makes quick work of the Jobber, and it is announced that it will be Triple H versus the Ultimate Warrior at WrestleMania. We then get Owen Hart, British Bulldog, teaming up against the team of Yokozuna and The Undertaker. During this matchup, Diesel comes out. He brawls with Undertaker. They brawl to the back. Vader comes out. We have a three-on-one brawl. They destroy Yokozuna. Ahmed Johnson and Jake the Snake Roberts comes out and even the odds. They help out, but Team Cornette gets the upper hand until Yokozuna starts fighting off Vader. Absolute pandemonium here to end Brawl. Pretty good way to end it. I actually enjoyed this Raw more than WCW Nitro. Raw wins by a landslide. So it's funny how they, you know, 
when we started off this journey in the fight for Monday night, Raw was getting their ass beat by WCW because WCW had something innovative. They had the cruiserweights, right? Now, early into 96, this is pre-NWO, they have taken a step back from displaying the Eddie Guerreros and the Chris Benoit's and the Dean Malenko's and the Sabu's and the Mr. JL's and all these high-flying talents. They've taken a step back and haven't shown them for three to four weeks and have just, you know, really built the show around these bigger guys with a lack of wrestling ability. And look how the tides turn. Because on the other hand, on the other channel, you have Stone Cold Steve Austin. You have Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, The Undertaker, Owen Hart. And you're having great matches. So until WCW turns it back around and starts displaying some good athletic wrestling as well, these shows are a little hard to sit through. Because WCW, I could tolerate the Lex Luger matches because he also had a you know Eddie Guerrero match in there too. So it was a nice melting pot. It was a it was a good buffet. But right now you're only getting one style. When you're starting out the show with with Giant and Duggan. And you're ending it with Hogan, Booty Man, and Savage. Like, you're only getting one style. And that style to right now is not my style that I necessarily like. So I, I think that WCW needs to go back to being the melting pot. It's okay what they're doing now, but just have that, you know, instead of having that Lex Luger squash match or that giant squash match, Give us a competitive match between Malenko and Guerrero or something like that. Because basically that's what was winning the war for you guys. In the coming, in the first couple weeks of this war. But right now WWE is on a downturn. But we do know in the next two months that's the start of the NWO storyline. So that's when things are going to pick up. And WCW is going to kick WWE's ass for a little bit. So... Personally, I don't care about the ratings. It's not who oh who won that night in the ratings in the history books. It's about who won that night. In my opinion, my opinion, Monday Night Raw won this episode. March 11th, 1996 goes to Monday Night Raw. I hope everyone has a great, great day. Make sure you tune into Raw tonight. Make sure you tune into the Wrestling DeLorean podcast tomorrow. Make sure you tune into Couples Crime Therapy tonight. Have a great day. Follow us on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Podcast and on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Stay safe, stay strong, stay peaceful, stay positive. One love. Who is this irresistible creature who has an insatiable love for the dead? What's good, everybody? This is Mike De Niro from the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast from the Lords of Gotham. And now... We are going to be embarking on a new journey. This is the Couples Crime Therapy. And by we, I'm not just talking about me. I am joined here by my lovely fiance. Take it away. Hi, everyone. My name is Angela. Welcome to the podcast world, Angela. Thank you. So, yes, we are a couple, but we are now also co-hosts on the Couples Crime Therapy podcast. So why don't you tell them what we'll be talking about on this podcast? Well, we're going to be talking about a lot of different things, like the main thing is true crimes and even unsolved mysteries. But that's not it. We're not talking about just true crimes and unsolved mysteries. We're going to dive deep into cults. We're going to dive deep into serial killers. We're going to get real morbid on this podcast. We're going to get real crazy on this podcast. Are we not? Okay, well, I don't know what that voice was, but why don't you tell them what we're talking about on our debut podcast next week? Well, on our debut next week, we're going to start things out 
with the notorious Andre Rand, the Cropsy episode. Cropsy. We are from, where are we from? <laughs> We're from Staten Island. And guess what? So was Andre Rand. And the thing is, that was randomly chosen from a list of crazy ass stories that we have in the bank for us. So, where can they find this podcast? And when can they find this podcast? You can catch this podcast every Monday, wherever you like to enjoy your podcast. Podcasts like the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. Oh, here we go with the cheap plugs now. Hey, hey, hey. Let me be. All right, all right, all right. But I hope everyone tunes in next Monday to Couples Crime Therapy. We're going to have a good time, are we not? Definitely. So, check us out next week. Peace out. And we'll see you next Monday. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply.